Come on, isn't that an incredible story? I'm so grateful to Heather, and if you, caught it, if, you, if you caught the part of the story that when her life was at the darkest, she decided to put her focus on others. See, our natural tendency when, when pain and problems arise in our life, our natural tendency is to isolate, is to back away from the people that we need the most. So when things are going, we, that's, when we seem, that's when we do what God says not to do, which is forsake the assembling of ourselves together. But she, not just did she continue to be faithful to the house of God, but she was faithful to the call of God. And in the midst of that call, getting out of the mirror and into the ministry, it began to help her heal and move onward. So I'm grateful. What an incredible story. Welcome to the second week or the second checkpoint in a series we've, in a series we've entitled Come Here Often, where we're learning that the church is not a place, but a people who are stirring each other, advancing towards serving others, all the while following our God-given callings. That's just part of what the gathering is all about. Welcome to all of our campuses. We're super stoked. God behind bars, we love you. All of our campuses, uh, just so that all the Faith Promise family will know, at the end of July, we'll be combining our Campbell County campus with our new, our newly renovated, our Anderson's moving into a new building closer to Campbell. We're going to combine those two for a greater footprint, greater momentum. Also at Pellissippi, we're combining uh, starting in July, the 615 and the five o'clock Saturday night service for greater impact, for greater alignment. Man, just really looking for some extraordinary synergism on Saturday night at Pellissippi. So if you missed last weekend, and you're not sure what this series is all about, or if you're sort of a come here often kind of a tender, go back, man, watch, go get online, download, podcast like last weekend's message, and, and sort of catch up. And then I want to challenge you to keep up this summer, because I didn't think summer was going to get here, but it has. Are you with me? Uh, man, it was so nice and cool, and all of a sudden, man, when, with a fury, summer hit us. So if you're traveling stay online. A lot of people who work on weekends, you connect online. We're thrilled you're here. Uh, we love you guys. We love what, what, No matter how you worship with us or what location, we love you. So excited about what's going on. And if there's ever been an exciting week in the movement that we call Faith Promise, it is this past week. Almost 700 boys and girls, come on somebody, 275 spirit-filled, brave, rewarded people came and served. I'm telling you, there are going to be some jewels and some crowns in heaven. Are y'all with me? So, and there were more kids that literally wanted to come at the last, but we did not have anybody else, and they had to have the right ratio of group leaders. So it was an incredible week. So grateful. All of our campuses, Kristen did such an incredible job. 195 boys and girls said, I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. Come on, man. That is incredible. Wow. So excited about the team and all that's going on. And really, I, I, I get cards from parents. I get emails. 
or our kids' teams from across our campuses said, hey, man, so-and-so stopped me and said their kids dragged them to church every weekend. Isn't that crazy? Man, out of the, out of the mouth of infants will I bring forth praise what God said. And so, man, kids are just begging their moms and dads. So it's incredible. I'm so grateful to Christian and all of our kids' pastors at all of our campuses what's going on. Do you ever wonder why we feel so, so, so isolated, why our culture has become so individualistic, that we're just sort of separated from people? We blame that on a lot of things. We blame it on the screens we watch. We blame it on divisive television or media or news coverage. We blame it on politics. We blame it on race. We blame it on economic segregation. We blame it on a lot of different things. But would y'all agree that there is a, there's divisions and isolations in the culture? Would y'all agree with that? And so maybe, just maybe, it's not, it's not about blaming someone else. Maybe the real difference is that we just don't think we need each other anymore. That I can do this on my own. Especially in this culture that spiritual matters and faith and your walk with Jesus are to be kept private and you are to shut up and you are to stay out of the limelight and you are to stay out of the, out of the, of the talk that are the, the debates that are going on around the world. We need you to keep the light out of it. It's just crazy. It's crazy. I think that we've bought into so much of the culture, us that are Christ followers, that we don't realize that we've allowed the culture to divide us. Because I need to remind you, the culture is not king. Jesus is king. He's the one that rose from the grave. Are you with me? He is the one that is king. And so how are we supposed to preach the great commission, the good news of salvation and eternal life through Jesus when we've let the culture shut our mouths. Does that make sense? And that we're letting them stop the witness. That's why one of our values of faith promises, we tell them of him. Or I let, we, we've now kidified our values, and they're the same values, but they're kidified. And the kids' version is we talk about Jesus. I love that. Because you talk about what you think about, and you think about what you love. No problem getting a hunter to talk about hunting. No problem getting a car guy to talk about cars. No problem getting a lady to talk about shopping and sales. There's just no problem getting people to talk about what they love. Well, if you love Jesus, you're going to be thinking about him. If you're thinking about him, you're going to be talking about him. Does that make sense? And so we don't need to let the culture shut us up. Come on, adults. If our kids are going to talk about it, if they're going to tell their friends, we're going to do the same thing. But have you ever noticed the fewer times that you come in here, the less you talk about him out there. See, the more that we gather with the people of God, the more that we serve each other, the more that we meet as the people of God, the more encouraged we are, the more motivated we are, the more we're out there just inviting people and sharing Jesus. Maybe there's a connection between forsaking the assembling of ourselves and being a witness out there. So I want to ask you, ask you a couple of just super, super, super important questions. And one is, are you a Christ follower? Or maybe you're just someone checking faith out. You're sort of kicking the tires. You're checking the church out. So are you a Christ follower? And number two, the really the question we want to talk about in this whole series, come here often, is this, why attend church? 
Now, I hate that we use that word church. I'm on, it's almost impossible to get out of our vernacular. Why, why be a part of God's gathering? Because that's what the Bible calls it, God's gathering. Don't forsake, your, don't forsake the gathering. He didn't say don't forsake church. Don't forsake the gathering. So God, I pray through the power of the Holy Spirit that you would invade every campus. God, that you would give revelation and impartation. We know that the world is trying to drive a wedge between us and within the house of God. We know that our flesh tries to get us out of worship so that it can get what it wants. We know the devil wants to divide and ruin and destroy. And so, God, we ask you to give us clarity this weekend and in, in, in this whole series, Lord, because we don't want to be come here often. We want to be a part of the core, the committed, the called, the team, the army, the platoon. We want to be those that you can count on. So, God, expose us to that in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. so. Uh, last week, again, if you missed it on a challenge, you'll go get it. We really talked about out of Hebrews chapter 10, the church is not a place, but it is a people who are provoking each other. Let us learn how to stimulate. We get our word provoke, stimulate one another to love and to good deeds. Love and good deeds. Are you with me? That's why July 13th, serve day, good deeds. It's what we do. So no matter where you're listening to this message, maybe you have wrestled with, with the, the, the worth of connecting in and being faithful to the assembling of the, the people of God. Maybe you're someone that's been transformed by Jesus and you are fixed on Christ and fixed up with his bride, the church, the body, the army, the building. See, again, we are the people of God. You need to be a part of the people provoking each other. So the church is constantly coming together and serving each other so that we will accomplish the will of God. That's why coming to the gathering of God's people matter. Does it matter? Come on, does it matter? Absolutely. So this is what makes this gathering different than all the other gatherings or assemblings that you have in your life, because they're all kind of assemblings, but there's a reason that this one is different. So I want to take a look out of, out of Matthew chapter 16 at an incredibly important conversation that Jesus has, a very intimate conversation with the 12. And one of us opens the window later and gives us a little insight into really what has been a hotly debated theological passage of Scripture. And so Matthew just tells us, and I'm going to go back and I'm going to pick it up at verse 13 of Matthew 16. If you've got your Bible turned there, if not, it'll be on the screens. Now, when Jesus came to the district of Caesarea Philippi, he was asking his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Now, first, I want you to understand, Caesarea Philippi was a vacation spot. It's an incredibly beautiful spot. Everybody that's been to Israel with me has been to that spot. It is one of the spots that we will always go to every time we go. It's incredible springs in the middle of the desert. And yes, Jesus took a vacation. So if you got your big screen on and you're in the condo and you're, at, you're, you're on the beach, man, have a great time. Jesus took a vacation. 
but just, hey, when you get back, come back to church. Amen? Come on. And so uh, Jesus is, is there with the guys. And he asks the question, who do people say that the Son of Man is? It's incredibly important. Everything in Christianity hinges on this. And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And then he said unto them, but who do you, who do you say that I am? If you listen, you can hear that whisper through the centuries and two millennia of the question of the ages that every man, woman, boy, or girl, sometime or other, needs to grapple and find and figure out for themselves who is the Son of Man. Now, see, when we, we talk about coming to church, our conversations are about numbers, our conversations are about money, they're about this sort of rule-following religion, they're about anything other than assembling together for love and, and to good deeds. We just don't see that. And so what we do is we let the people out there tell us who and what the church is and who and what the church does. We let the world out there tell us who Jesus was and who Jesus is. But Jesus, on vacation, hanging out by these pools in the spring, coming out of the side of the mountain, said, okay, boys, let's get to the really the bottom line of all this. Who do you? You guys, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Andrew, Timothy, Bartholomew, all your Judas, come on. Who do you guys say that I am? Extraordinarily important. Is this thing worth it? Is it worth it? Because see, when you decide who Jesus is, you decide the value that you will place in the relationship. Because see, what's important in your life? It gets your money, it gets your attendance, and it gets your attention. The thing that is most important is what you put. So are we going to be sort of come here often kind of churchgoers? Or is Jesus worth following? How many of you believe Jesus is worth following? Come on, every campus. Come on, God behind bars. Is Jesus worth following? Absolutely. So Jesus says, who do you say that I am? And obviously, we, are not, we all know who will speak up first. Petey boy, he jumps right in there. Verse 16, Simon answered, Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach. You are the Messiah. You are the Son of God, the living God. And Jesus said, and blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you. Now, when you tell people about Jesus and they say, hey, not interested, you say, I don't understand how you can not be interested. Your sin's forgiven. You get to go to heaven forever. I don't understand See, there's got to be a revelation to every individual of who Jesus is. Are you with me? The, the, the prodigal in the hog pen slopping the hogs came to his senses. There was a revelation from heaven of where he was. And we said, hey, Simon, you didn't get this by going to school. You didn't get this by figuring this out on your own. You came to the revelation of who I am because my Father who is in heaven revealed this to you. Oh God, reveal your Son to more and more people. Amen? To my family, to my friends. Come on, somebody. God, reveal your Son and use us. Use faith promise to reveal it. And I say to you that you're Peter. And upon this rock, I will build my church. 
and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. Now, if, if you don't realize or hadn't studied that Jesus is doing a word play, Jesus saying, and you are pet, you are, you're Petra, you're a little pebble, you are Petra, and upon this pet, on this Petras, which is, which is, which is a giant boulder, it's just, it's just, man, it's the firm foundation. So he said, upon this Peter, little pebble, upon this rock, I will build my church. What rock was he talking about? And for 21 centuries, denominations have debated this. Does that mean Peter's the first pope? What does that mean? See, Peter's not the first pope. If there would have been a pope, it would have been Paul, not Peter. Because every time Paul and Peter got together and got an argument, who won? Paul won. Paul was the ultimate leader. It really wasn't Peter. But actually, when the church came together and there was a problem, it wasn't Peter nor was it Paul who decided. It was James, the half-brother of Jesus, who is actually the pastor of the first church of Jerusalem. So what Jesus is saying here, he's saying, hey, little stone, upon this rock, what's the rock? The confession that Peter just made. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the Most High God. Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, See, the rock upon which our foundation is built is our confession that Jesus is Lord. Are you with me? That's why our passage last week, Hebrews 10, talking about our sure confession. What's the confession? Jesus is Lord. He's Lord of all. Why, that's why we baptize. Everybody that's baptized. I believe this year, in Jesus' name, we're going to go over 7,000 baptisms in 25 years. But every time somebody's at a baptistry, that whoever's baptizing leans over and says, is Jesus the Lord of your life? And that person says, yes, he is. Are you going to follow him? Yes, I am. Then I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. They come up, raise and walk in this life. We all go crazy because we have another names in heaven. See, that's, what's the, what is the, the rock, the bedrock, the, the bedrock? Peter's not the bedrock. Jesus and our confession of him is the bedrock. Are you with me? See, Jesus doesn't build his church on pebbles. He builds his church out of people. You and I, our confession, our witness, our testimony, that means you, that means me, that means all of us, and we constantly come together every several days, just like God said, and that we worship God and we serve each other. Does this make sense? And we encourage and motivate each other to love and to good deeds. Now listen, I get it in this comfort, in this comfort-seeking culture, in this American culture that we live in. I get it. Sometimes you come, the music's too loud. We play a song you don't like. We play a secular song or you're mad. Somebody says something that offends you every week. Matter of fact, now I'm worried if I don't get an email on Monday morning, you offended me. I think, did I, did I backstroke this weekend, Lord? Do I need to get the hammer out? I mean, every, you know, so somebody hurt my feelings. Somebody didn't speak to me. Somebody spoke to me. Somebody looked at me weird. Somebody didn't let me sit in the seat I want. Somebody got rid of the 615 service, and it was my favorite. I mean, all, so, so here's the deal. So, you know, there's traffic jams in some of our parking lots, and sometimes I didn't hear God, and sometimes I didn't feel God. And so we end up saying, God, is it worth it? 
Come on, somebody. Because the truth is this, that Jesus is the Son of the living God, the Messiah. And we gather to celebrate who God is and what God has done. And he is inviting you, like he invited Pete, like he invited Pete James, John, Andrew, and the boys, he's inviting you to be a part of his gathering, a building his gathering. He's invited you to play a role, a church that, by the way, cannot and will not ever die. Now, a church will die, but the church will never die. A church comes and goes. Every church the apostle Paul planted is dead and gone, but the kingdom of God is still advancing. In the first century, the temple was destroyed. The synagogues were destroyed. The church didn't have any buildings. But 21 centuries later, the church is still thriving. And Jesus goes on and says in verse 19, in verse 18, and the gates of hell will not overpower it, the gathering of God. And so what he said, the gates fell. I mentioned this before again. It's at Caesarea Philippi. He's not talking about the devil and some gate with fire behind it. He's talking about a giant cliff. And many of you have been with me to Israel. And right there was the temple of Pan and all these false Roman and, and all these gods and all these philosophies. All of those are destroyed. But they, uh, behind the, the temple of Pan, which was the most prominent, Pan, the god with a goat, goat body and a man, upper torso, played the flute, the god Pan, there was a giant temple to him, and behind it were what was called the gates of Hades or the gates of hell. And Jesus said, hey, boys, you just hear what Peter said? Upon this bedrock confession that I am Lord, I, Jesus said, I will by my gathering. And look up there on that hill, boys. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. There's not a philosophy. There's not a religion. There's not a leader. There's not an empire. There's not a Caesar. Nothing will stop the kingdom of God. And hey, guess what? 21 years later, we're cooking, baby, and all those temples are destroyed. I loved it. I'd love to spend a day with every millennial and every college student we have at Caesarea of Philippi and show them that, listen, as you go to college and professors tell you that, that, that evolution is the way and they tell you that if you believe in God, you're redneck, crazy, some kind of psycho that all intelligent people know there's no such thing as God. And you can sit and defend your faith because every philosophy of man will come and go, but my word will remain. My kingdom will advance. Jesus is still on the throne. And folks, let me tell you what, we get to stand before him one day and everything we do for him will all be worth it in the end. Amen. Come on, somebody, give God some praise. So the church is not a place. Church is a people. We got to be. So the question is, are you a part of the people? Are you connected? Are you sort of a come here often? Are you part of the core that we can depend on? Because listen, it's time to quit playing defense, church, and start playing offense. It's time to take the Holy Spirit it's time to take the word of God, and it's time to go on the offense. I'm telling you, I don't think there's a limit to what God can do at Faith Promise if we'll all say, I'm all in. Y'all believe that? See, Faith Promise is a safe place for people to come and to learn and ask questions. I wish I would have kept all the emails, all the stories, all the Facebook messages 
of people that came here and said they were going to make faith promise. Just like Heather, we moved to Knoxville because we found faith promise and we want to be a part of this church. We want to be a part of this gathering. And people all over, hey, I, I came, nobody judged me because of what car I drove or what clothes I wore. Nobody judged me because I was covered in ink or I had some, I had this or I had that. Nobody judged me because of my past or my divorce or, or my addiction or my back. Nobody ever did it. See, God's people are about loving people. And faith promise, if we will love well, we will never quit growing and reaching people until Jesus comes back. We got to do it. We're, good, we're real people helping real, we're helping pe real people with real problems find the real love of God. What we've got to do is be a part of the people. So are you part of the people? Are you a Christ follower? Are you following after him? And so, I mean, just think about the gathering. And this, again, come here often. What gathering of people makes a bigger and better impact than this one in your life? What meetings mean more to your personal and spiritual growth than this one that we have every week? What gathering gives more life than this? A group of people love you more and want more for you than this group of people. So I'm going to challenge you. Be a part of the people. So let me give you just a couple things to help you. Just, just so basic. Are you ready? If you're ready, say I'm ready. All right, number one, it's going to be hard for some of you. This is going to be almost equivalent to the parting of the Red Sea. And this, is like the, this is like creating stars. Are you ready? You're not, are y'all ready? Come early. I, for some of you, I'll just cuss, but, but listen, it's good. Okay, come early. Have you ever noticed that when you're ex excited about an event, you get there early? When you're excited about something, when you're fired up, you can get there early. You can make sure you, get a, you're gonna make sure you don't miss it. This makes, see, I don't get to go to many UT football games because we have Saturday night at the Pellissippi campus. And so I don't get to go, but if I do, by some reason, get to go to a football game, I always go early, and I walk through all the tailgates, because I know lots of people now, and they're all eating. And so I sort of eat my way all the way to Neyland Sanctuary. If it's Florida weekend, I'm going to get gator on a stick, I'm going to get gator in a pot. You know, there's somebody's going to have ice cream, somebody's going to have some burgers, and I know somebody's got some barbecue, so I just make my way through. And if I don't know anybody that they have good food, I meet them. So, see, tailgating has, it's not the football game, is it? No, it's the thing before the thing. So come early. Come, come early. And, 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 you know, just come pray for people. Come early, meet people. Just come early because you're excited. Now, a week or two ago, President Trump is not pro-President Trump, so chill out if you're a Democrat. He had a, he had a gathering in Orlando. 20,000 seats, 100,000 people showed up, and people came there two days early and sat in the rain for 48 hours hoping they might get in. Does politics trump the potentate of heaven? The people would spend two days in the rain to get to go to a political rally when we get to come worship the God of the universe? Are you with me? Man, so, man, churches, it's pregame for eternity. Man, come early. 
Man, don't, don't, just man, make your, I, just make, get, get whatever it takes, get here early. And man, come. Does this make sense? Come on, be ready. You're going to get more out of it. The more you put into it, the more you get out of it. Number two, come expectantly. Come in, I mean, just expectantly. Man, come early, get your seat, meet some people, pray over the seats around you if you've got enough time. Pray over the section that, you seated, that you're seated in. Pray for the people that are going to sit by. Hey, let me tell you what's the coolest thing. Pray for four or five seats, and then when I ask people that gave the heart to Jesus, raise your hand and look and see if anybody in those seats raised their hand. You'll be the most fired up person. Oh, I, I, wow, God, I prayed for them. They got saved. Whoa, it's exciting. So, man, just come expectantly, believing God's going to touch you and God's going to touch other people. Are you ready? Number three, be ready. Have a Bible. Whether it's electronic or whatever, have a Bible. If you're a guest, man, come on. You can watch the screens. But if you've been coming, have a Bible. Take some notes. Open your Bible. Open your notes and cut off your phone. Unless your wife is nine months pregnant and she's not in here. Cut the phone off. What's, do, are we so tethered to technology that we can't leave 60 minutes apart and worship God? Is, it, is anybody out there? Man, listen, you ever feel like you're wasting your time or your money or energy that you've sort of got this boring faith or this hollow, this just sort of hollow kind of faith? I'm telling you how to, to maximize it. I'm telling you how to, how to move forward. Man, come expecting God to do something. Are you ready? Are you ready for the next one? And before this is really, it's going to hurt some of your feelings. Stay after. Who are you trying to be? Stay after. Hang out. Pray. Meet some people. Man, you don't have to, man, you know, I mean, just don't run out there. You, you remember some of y'all when you were dating? Y'all remember that? Some of y'all, it's been a while. But you remember that? You go on a date, and man, you're not even quite done, and the person you said, check, please, check. I need, hurry, give me the check. And they're, they're doing everything. Does that sound like we're going to have another date? Then what do you think God thinks when you got to run out, can't sing the last song? You're not going to hang in there. Are you, are you with me? I'm not trying to make you feel guilty, but God said, doesn't look like this relationship's going to last. Y'all okay? I'm just trying to love on you here, but a little word, come on. So come, man, stick around. Stick around. We're thinking about bringing some food trucks in. Amen? Some barbecue. Barbecue will be in heaven. It's some kind of dessert. Something, you know, just to hang out. I love hanging out with the people of God. Let me give you one more. Stay hungry. Stay hungry. I talked to a friend of mine the other day, helping him with a personal growth plan, and we've been playing golf. And he was talking about growth plans and stuff. And I said, send me yours. And he sent me his. I was working on it. And I met with him, and I sort of set him up. And, and if I wasn't so evil, I'd have felt bad I didn't. I said, dude, let me ask you a question. How, do you eat every day? Well, yeah. How many meals do you eat? Well, I try to eat three, maybe four, because I'm looking like a hobbit for second breakfast. And, you know, and I said, so you eat like multiple times every day, because you got three times a week you're going to spend with the Lord. So you need food every day, but you don't need time with God every day? Well, I hadn't thought about that one. Come on. Are you with me? 
So stay hungry. Get the word. You want miracles? You want to see God move? Stay connected. You want to see you grow and other people grow? Come on, come expecting God. Bring your friends. Bring your, just believe in God's going to do miracles. Does this make sense? Anybody getting this? And so that's what we do. Look what, let me, let me, so Jesus gives one other, I'd love to, I'd love to have a video of the whole conversation. The Bible doesn't give us all the details, and that doesn't bother God at all. <laughs> Bothers us, doesn't bother God. God said, I'll, so he says, okay, Petra, little stone upon this, this bedrock confession, I'm going to build my church in the gates of hell. You see them up there? They won't overpower my gathering. And I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed. And I, and I was praying this morning. And I thought, remember Jesus dies? He takes the keys from the devil. Y'all remember that? That's the same keys he's given us, which is the gospel. And you and I, as Luke chapter 4 says to, to the release of the captives, Jesus already unlocked the door and we got the good news. Are you with me? And we get to bind and loose as we share the gospel, as we tell people about Jesus. Come on. It's good news. I don't know about y'all. It was good news for me 37 years ago. It was good news for me this morning. It's still good news. Are y'all with me? Is Jesus good news? Come on. Heaven, eternity. So some of you, you, you're a part of the people, but you're not a part of him. Been religious. Maybe you just go to church. You're back. And, and you think having a relationship with God is, I got to go through the motions. I got to check the boxes. No, no. It is following Jesus. He's the Lord. He's the master. I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to repent, which means I'm turning away from my old life. I'm going to follow him. I'm going to get baptized. I'm going to put the uniform on, and I'm going to make him Lord of my life. I'm going to follow him. That's what the disciples did. They followed him. He said, you did not pick me, but I picked you chose you. He chose us. He's moving on some people right now. So if you're ready to follow Jesus, I'm not talking about being religious. Golly bum, I hate religion. But if you're ready to walk this thing out with the king of eternity, man, he's ready to walk it out with you. And I'm telling you, it's joy. It's victory. Without, matter of fact, I have never had more joy and peace in my life than I have today. It just gets better and better. Been married 34 years, it's gotten better and better, and I'm telling you, living and following Jesus just gets better. It's better. I've, I've said it before. Man, when you get saved, you ought to be sort of like Presbyterian. You're excited, but you don't know why. But you can't, you're not gonna do anything. Then you get sort of Methodist. Then you get a little Baptist. But listen, after you've been walking with Jesus 25, 35, 45 years, you ought to be full-on Holy Ghost Pentecostal. You ought to be pew-jumping, aisle-running. I'm talking about fired up about Jesus. The most radical people in this room should not be our students. It should be our seniors who are so full of God, who have walked with God, who have seen God move, who have tasted that God is good. How do you know those radical, spirit-filled, serving, hallelujah people in the house? Come on, these seniors, come on, somebody give God some shout. Woo! So, I don't know where that came from. So if you're ready, and all of our campuses give you heart to Jesus, it's incredible. Nobody ever suggested Jesus and regretted it. So pray this simple prayer with us as you begin to follow him. Dear Jesus, I know I've sinned, 
I know we're separated, but I want you. I repent of my sin, my old life. I will follow you every day in every way. I set you as Lord over my life. Give me power to obey. Now, the heads bowed and eyes closed. If you prayed that simple prayer with me, just sort of slip your hand up. Hey, Pastor, I prayed that prayer. Just slip it up. Hey, I prayed that with you. Uh, go ahead. Hold it up. Gotcha. Gotcha. Hold it up. Hold it up. All right, look up here. Our ushers are handing cards out so you'll know what the next steps. But in front of you is a communication card online. You can click right here. Uh, there's communication cards. Fill the top part out. Check the circle. I'm making a decision to follow Jesus. Check the next circle. I need to be baptized. And I want to challenge you to check the next circle because not this weekend. It's the fifth weekend, but next weekend we're week one of next steps. And faith promise next step is your... So come on, where the Spirit leads. And so just check that and go next, next weekend, uh, 6.15 on Saturday evening, 11.30 uh, at every campus on Sunday. So it's incredible. As we get ready, and if you can go ahead and fill the communication cards out, but what we're going to do next is we're going to gather around the table of the Lord. Jesus looked at his disciples in the upper room and said, boys, you have no idea how much I have longed to have this meal with you. Now, they had no idea it would be their last because he was about to turn the Passover into the table of the Lord, the Lord's Supper. And he said, this bread is the new covenant in my body broken for you. He broke it and passed it out. As often as you eat it, eat it in remembrance of me. Then he took cup number three. We don't have, to cut, we don't have time to cover the four cups at every Seder, our Passover meal, it was cup number three. And he said, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood, is drink it as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Paul said, as often as we take the table of the Lord, we proclaim his death until he comes. That we believe Jesus died on the cross, he rose on the third day, he is alive and well, and he is the Messiah, the son of the living God. And so we're, we'll pray. All around all of our campuses, there are tables, and you just make your way, take the cracker and juice, go back to your seat, eat the cracker, say thank you for your body, the juice, thank you for your blood, thank you for your sacrifice for me, so that thank you for taking the keys and opening the door of heaven. And then we're gonna worship, and we'll come back and we'll do the offering last. God, in these holy moments, would you remind us of the eternal sacrifice that was paid so that we could spend forever and eternity. God, in these moments, let us worship, let us remember, and let us celebrate all you've done. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, let's go ahead and stand up wherever you are and make your way to the closest.